Hi, I'm Craig, and this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This is episode 153, and today I'm speaking with Girls Guide author Stephanie Lee about her upcoming book, The Art of Solo Travel. Linda's not here today, she's out and about exploring Buenos Aires, and um, I'm here just finishing off this, uh, this interview post-production and hoping to get it published soon for your listening pleasure. Well, Stephanie has been uh, writing for us on IndieTravelPodcast.com while she's been traveling around the world, especially looking at what it's like to travel solo as a female. And um, we've been talking about putting together a book for quite some time, and it comes out on June the 1st in just a few days. So we're really excited about that. And um, yeah, we wanted to get Stephanie on the show to talk about um, her travels, her experiences, and give you a kind of a preview and a taste of the the information that's going to be in the book. So Stephanie, welcome to Indie Travel Podcast. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, Thanks for having me. So I'm calling from uh, Buenos Aires in Argentina. Where are you this morning? I'm sitting in my apartment in Sydney on a very cold and rainy morning. Oh, it's heading into winter there, right? Yes, definitely. It's about 10 degrees here right now, so I'm very jealous um, where you guys are at. Yeah, well, that's what we try and achieve. So you're based in Sydney, but you've done lots of traveling around the world. Can you give us an idea of where you've been traveling? Um, I've been to quite a few countries. Um, well, prior to two years ago, I traveled um, a bit in Europe, but it was a really short trip, probably about two weeks. Um, I did all the major cities, you know, Paris, Rome, Barcelona, and um, I went to Japan. I've been around Southeast Asia, but there were always some really short trips, you know, one, two weeks maximum. And um Two years ago, I just decided that I wanted to travel a little bit more extensively without worrying about taking time off from work or, you know, saving up holidays. So um, I decided that um, I needed to do more in, um, you know, as much time as possible. So I decided to quit my job and... um, do long-term travel and I managed to achieve most of Western Europe, Central Europe and a little bit of Eastern Europe. Um, I've also been to the Emirates, I've been to Egypt um, and a little bit closer to home, you know, in Malaysia, Bali and um, yeah, then after that I came back to Sydney. And you grew up traveling as well, right? Um, wasn't so much um, traveling, but I did move from place to place um, when I was growing up. So um, I was born in Malaysia, but um, only spent about 12 years there before moving to America. And I spent a few years there before my parents decided to move me back to Malaysia for a few years. And I didn't really have a choice at that time. And I stayed and decided um, to study in Australia. So I moved here when I was 21. And, I've, you know, I took a very long architectural course which uh, lasted seven years and 
I've stayed in Sydney ever since. Um, and then, like I said, until two years ago, I had the itch um, to move again. So there was some um, traveling um, for one year. So what was the motivation be- um, behind such long-term travel? Um, the motivation to travel long-term was um, I was basically curious about how other people lived um, all around the world. And because I never had a really strong sense of identity due to the fact that I was always moved from place to place and changing schools, you know, every year, I just wanted to see how the other side of the world lived and, you know, in the hope that perhaps I could live somewhere else besides Asia or America or Australia. So I went to see as many countries as possible and that was only achievable through long-term travel. And you've been writing for Indie Travel Podcast for a, a lot of that time. So, And now we're publishing your first book, The Art of Solo Travel, A Girl's Guide. Firstly, congratulations on getting a book out there. Oh, thank you for... Um for helping me out and um, doing the great work that you've done so far. No, no worries. Can you tell us what motivated you to write a book about women traveling solo? Were there other good women-specific resources that you used in your planning? Um, well, I wanted to share my experiences um, with other girls um, because um, when I was traveling, um, I couldn't really find... A lot of information on specific countries for women who were by themselves. So, um, because I spent most of my time in Europe, it was um, relatively easy um, to get around as a single woman. But um, in general, just searching the internet or even in the bookstore, there weren't many. Um, helpful information at all or maybe I was just not looking in the right places but um, yeah I just um, wanted to share what I've learned and maybe it will help um, other people. Yeah I really think it will. Um, Let's talk about the book in a bit more detail. There's six chapters and the first one is why travel alone. Can you answer that question for us now? I wanted to travel alone because I wanted to experience this um time by myself and it was kind of a a very selfish um, reason actually because I felt that because I didn't have a real you know I felt that I didn't have a real sense of identity here I felt that if I traveled alone and gathered these experiences by myself I would have a stronger sense of who I was and um before I went traveling, I was a bit unsure of um, what I was doing with my life. And yeah, and when I did went there, all these places by myself, I, I was a bit, um, I formed a better opinion of myself. Um, I realized that I was uh, more independent than I was, I thought I was, and I did all these things I never thought I could do. So, yeah, and I met so many friends just being alone and people approached me, they were very helpful and I was really um, pleasantly surprised at um, how great it was to be by yourself and meeting all these friends. It sounds like a really positive and empowering time. 
Yes, it was. Um, I really connected with myself and um, I had a really strong sense of who I was when I came home. So the next part of the book is really practical, a guide to preparing to go. So can you give us a few, um, maybe three or four top tips for preparing to travel? First of all, to prepare for such a big trip, uh, the most important thing is to save enough money to be able to go for, say, six months to 12 months because you are not sure when you get over to wherever you're traveling that you're going to be able to find a job. So it's really important to have enough savings in your account to enable you to continue traveling without, you know, having to stop it short halfway and coming home. Um, uh, Another thing is uh, packing. Do not try to bring too many things with you if you're traveling long term. I think it's really important just to bring really basic clothing for summer and winter. Um, Anything extra, you won't be able to buy it along the way. So, you know, try and keep everything down to a manageable backpack. Um, What else? Um, Accommodation. Um, It probably is not that easy to find accommodation too far in advance if you're not really sure where you're going. But um, at least for the next city that you're going to, you should have something planned out in case, um, you know, you find yourself stuck somewhere. So always have the number of one of two hotels or hostels um, in mind when you get to a new city so, you know, you don't get stuck on the street somewhere in the cold, in the snow somewhere. So um, I think that's really it. Uh, Yeah, I think money is the most important thing. Just have some savings and pack light and um, you'll be fine when you get to wherever you are. Yeah, that's a good uh, good bit of advice. I heard someone once say you should take half the amount of stuff and twice the amount of money but I think going by that, most people would never ever leave home. But um, yeah, you definitely yeah, that's cash true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't bring too many shoes, girls. <laughs> Excellent. Tell me about your shoes. How many did you take with you? I had three pairs of shoes, um, a pair of boots, which I wore everywhere because I was traveling for six months in winter. Don't ask me why I did that, but I did. And a pair of uh, sneakers for if you want to go hiking or camping. And um, a pair of thongs if you're in Australia or flip-flops if you're American or sandals um, everywhere else. So that would be enough for all kinds of situations, I think. Yeah, fair enough. Well, the next uh, next section is all about money, um, financial planning and um and budgeting so um i think we'll just skip over that because of our, our time constraints and the uh the dodgy skype connection we've got and move yeah. right on to part four which is um kind of life on the road um so talk to us first about um flights because that's where most people start off their trip um with flights i think a lot of people try and buy around the world ticket 
But with the round-the-world ticket, you really have to have quite a good idea of which countries you do want to go to before you actually leave home. So for me, I had no idea where I was going because it was um, venturing into the unknown. So what I did was I bought just a return ticket from Australia to Europe. And once I landed in my first city, which was Paris, I bought lots of one-way tickets to wherever I wanted. I felt like going, um, say, a few days before. So it was um, actually quite cheap. I bought a lot of uh, very heavily discounted train tickets when I was there. You really don't need to buy a long-term six-month Eurorail ticket because it's quite restricted and it doesn't really give you as much freedom as um, buying one-way tickets to new cities. Um, and yeah, if uh, people just wait for low season or discount days, um, it's actually very cheap. So in terms of flights, I bought many one-way low-cost tickets and it was um, a great way to travel. But the other times I traveled by train and again, all one-way tickets and they were very, very cheap. So usually 70-80% off on the cheap days. Wow, that's a huge discount. Are you finding those discounts online? Um, yes. Um, if you just Google train discount tickets in whichever city you're in, you would usually be directed to the correct website and um, yeah the websites are very good you can usually book online even print your own ticket out to save queuing up at the ticket counters and you just turn up at the bus show them your printed ticket and off you go that's awesome well like us you've um, done quite a bit of couch surfing you're a big proponent of that we've been using the couch surfing network a lot here in south uh, south america but um, can you recommend couchsurfing to um, to solo woman travellers? Yes, I would highly recommend couchsurfing. Um, in my opinion, it's the only way to travel, especially if you're alone. It's so easy to be hosted by couchsurfers everywhere because if you're by yourself, there's more opportunity to connect with um, the people who are hosting you and vice versa. They're usually small places so people do like to host only one one person at a time you hang out with them it's like having a flatmate uh, everywhere you go and new friends and they bring you out to hidden places that no touristy agency would ever bring you to and i made great friends on doing couch surfing so it must be a little bit crazy at times traveling long term by yourself how do you handle the normal ups and downs of life? Um, yes, so traveling alone, I did get very lonely sometimes. Um, and sometimes it was really hard just to try and find the next ticket to travel somewhere else and just to find the motivation to keep going um, and landing in a new city where you didn't know anyone or even speak the language. But it was a personal challenge um, for myself that I, I really wanted to to experience these cities and go to these places and see things by myself. So 
um, to combat that, I kept a travel blog. I uploaded photos and every time I looked at these photos from the previous cities I was in, I gave myself confidence and motivation again to go to the next place. So um, I think do, documenting experiences um, does really help a person um, keep up with traveling alone for long term. So, Yeah, that's great advice. Looking to past events to find um, inspiration, to find strength for, for future challenges. Exactly. Um, I always feel really happy looking at all my travel photos and all the people I've met, all the places I've seen just gave me renewed motivation to go to the next place. And now you're back, reasonably settled again in uh, Sydney, Australia. How has your travel changed your, your life at home? It's changed significantly. I could not go back to full-time work. I, I did try it when I came home thinking I could do what I used to do for the past few years, but um, I came back and I just could not go back to a normal existence really. So what I've been doing is um, trying to try, try new things, um, writing and designing since I was trained as an architect and um, trying to find private work. So, you know, again, it's a more independent-based work. So, yeah, I just um, that that's the main thing that has changed is um, not going back to full-time work. Yeah, good luck with all of your projects then. Uh, one of them, The Art of Solo Travel, A Girl's Guide, is coming out on June 1. We're excited to be, uh, to be publishing it. Can you tell us who's it, who's it aimed at? Who's it going to be good for? It's really exciting. Um, I wish that many girls who have always been thinking of going traveling but they're afraid or they're not sure of whether to go and who to go, you know, who they're going to meet over there. Just, yeah, don't don't be afraid. Just prepare, have enough money, do some basic preparations and just take that first step. And it, I trust me, it will be the best time of your life. So any girls who have um, uh, had a long-term career but want a change in their lives or someone who's just bored and wants to see the world. Yeah, we're really excited about it too. Um, I've found it to be a really practical book, but also quite motivational. So um, yeah, a really nice balance. Yes, I'm super excited about June 1st. Um, so thank you so much um, for, for publishing this book. Cool, thank you. Thanks for coming on the show today. And um, yeah, it's been great speaking with you. So that was a bit of an introduction to Stephanie Lee and the book that we're publishing on June 1st this year, 2010, um, called The Art of Solo Travel, A Girl's Guide. You can grab more information by coming to IndieTravelPodcast.com slash girlsguide. And um, for those of you that do come and sign up there on the, um, the page before we release it, uh, we'll send you out uh, a, a text interview with Stephanie, um, another exclusive MP3 file that uh, we've put together, and um, give you a preview of the book pages as well as a 20% discount. But um, to get all of that, you do need to come and register before June the 1st. 
So that's IndieTravelPodcast.com forward slash Girls Guide. And if you're listening to this after June 1st, well, um, the page will still be there and you'll be able to pick up a copy yourself. So that's me. Um, Buenos Aires is uh, just celebrating its 200th anniversary, so um, need to get this polished off and out the door to um, to go and enjoy the party that is that is BA on um, the biggest party in its history, I think. Thanks for listening, and until next week, travel well.